the Daily Rios for June 3rd, 2013. Musical Monday on Bye Bye Birdie. Hey everyone, this is Peter. Welcome to the month of June as we head to the one-year anniversary of the Daily Rios, which means, as I explained in last week's Friday episode, I'm using this month to follow up on old topics, listener suggestions that I've been putting off, as well as revisiting topics that could use further exploration. I basically went into my The Daily Rios to-do list, jotted down a whole bunch of notes underneath the notes that were already there, and we'll see how many I get to by the end of June. So that's why we have the return of today's Musical Monday, which I know a few of the listeners out there seem to enjoy. Now, if this is your first Musical Monday, this is an episode that I haven't done in a while, I know, my apologies, where I talk about another passion that I have, which is musical theater, or theater. More specifically, since 2012 was the 25th anniversary of me doing my first theater production, I use Musical Monday to go through the various shows that I've performed in as a way to talk about musicals, celebrate the anniversary, reminisce, and see what else I can conjure up for this audio time capsule. So yes, if this is your first Musical Monday... There isn't any comics talk in here, so you might be disappointed. Actually, now that I think about it, there is a comics connection in today's episode. Actually, there there are a bunch, but you'll have to listen to find out just what they are. So far in this little trip down my own personal personal musical theater chronology, uh, we started with Once Upon a Mattress, then we hit Little Mary Sunshine, Chicago, Dames at Sea, and then I jumped to South Pacific, which fell at the end of my junior year in high school. Now, I say jumped to because I skipped over two shows between Dames at Sea and South Pacific, both of which happened within my junior year as well. The first being today's episode Spotlight, Bye Bye Birdie, and the other one, which I'll talk about on another Musical Monday episode. So let's get to it. Bye Bye Birdie. Music to play, places to go, people to see, everything for you and me. Bye Bye Birdie is a musical inspired by current events of the time when Elvis Presley got his draft notice into the army and the huge, crazy outpouring of fan mayhem that occurred with it. In the show, in Bye Bye Birdie, rock and roll bad boy Conrad Birdie, and yes, that is a slight parody of Conway Twitty, who was an Elvis rival at the time, Conrad Birdie has been drafted to the Army, and his agent, Albert Peterson, 
is in a panic, not only because he's about to lose his breadwinner, but because he often finds himself in a tug of war between his girlfriend, Rosie Alvarez, who wants Albert to just be an English teacher and live a simple life with her, and Albert's doting mother, May Peterson, who is nothing short of a force of nature. As a farewell and for publicity, Rosie comes up with the idea of having Conrad give a farewell kiss to one of his biggest fans on the Ed Sullivan Show while singing Albert Peterson's latest hit, One Last Kiss. Albert is also an amateur songwriter. That way, Albert can make money off the song, he can go be an English teacher, and he and Rosie can settle down. Now, this leads to Sweet Apple, Ohio, the McAfee family. Kim McAfee is chosen as the recipient of the kiss, her crazy father, Mr. McAfee. Um, But it also leads to Kim's jealous boyfriend, Hugo, and Mr. McAfee being annoyed by Conrad, uh, Conrad's very bad boy ways, Albert's mom trying to break Rosie and Albert up, and eventually to Hugo punching Conrad out on national TV before he can kiss Kim. And all of that is just in Act 1. From there, things happen, and eventually we get a happy ending, more or less. Oh, one last kiss, oh, give me one last kiss. It never felt like this, no, never felt like this. You know I need your love. Oh, 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 give me one last kiss. The interesting thing about Bye Bye Birdie is that it was created by relative newcomers to the scene, which is a a definite surprise right out of the gate. You had a book by Michael Stewart, who wrote the the story and uh, all the dialogue. Uh, He would go on to write Hello, Dolly. He would write the book for Mac and Mabel, 42nd Street, uh, and, and plenty of others. The music and lyrics were by a new team uh, of um, composers, Charles Strauss and Lee Adams, who were a writing pair. And this was their first work. And to have such a, a you know phenomenal show right out of the gate is amazing for newcomers. Um, both of them uh, worked on, uh, and here's your first comic book reference, they worked on It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. And I actually played a snippet of one of those songs in the Superman 75th anniversary episode that I did way back in April. Uh, They worked on Annie, uh, Annie Warbucks, the sequel to Annie, uh, a show called Rags. And they also, all three of them, worked on um, the sequel to Bye Bye Birdie, the 1981 flop, Bring Back Birdie. We'll talk about that later. The director and choreographer... For Bye Bye Birdie, the original production was Gower Champion, who was already more or less established at the time, and would uh, go on to do 42nd Street, uh, Mac and Mabel, Hello, Dolly, Sugar, and many, many others. Gower Champion was one of the old-school director-choreographers around that time. Bye Bye Birdie opened April 14th, 1960. It ran for a total of 607 performances. It was a relative success. It starred in the original cast, Cheetah Rivera, who played uh, Rosie Alvarez, and who was right off of her turn on West Side Story on Broadway. And here's a little snippet of her singing in the show. With Albert, I will dance to the bolero. We'll cha-cha in the nicest honky-tonks. He'll wear the cutest mustache and sombrero. My handsome Latin lover from the Bronx. So, now that you've met Spanish Rose, you 
she'll tame you But what man would blame you For worshipping Spanish Rosa? Dick Van Dyke was Albert Peterson And this was his second role on Broadway I think uh, he told a story that I saw on YouTube That the producers weren't necessarily happy with him But director Gower Champion said You know what, he's going to do well with this So keep him in the show And they did And here's a snippet of him singing probably one of the more popular songs from the show. Gray skies are gonna clear up, put on a happy face. Brush off the clouds and cheer up, put on a happy face. Take off the gloomy mask of tragedy, it's not your style. You look so good that you'll be glad you decided to smile. Pick out a pleasant outlook, stick out that noble chin. Wipe off that full of doubt look, slap on a happy grin. And spread sunshine all over the place, just put on a happy face. We also had Paul Lynn, who you might know from, uh, you know, Hollywood Squares. He played Mr. McAfee, and here's uh, a song that he sings in the show. swims it's the loop the loop that hurts kiss how we ever beat the russians kiss i didn't know what puberty was until i was almost past it laughing singing dancing grinning morons and while we're on the subject kids they are just impossible and as conrad birdie you had richard gautier uh, who was the original conrad and uh, here he is singing uh, another song from the show. In everything I do, my sincerity shows through. I look you in the eye, don't even have to try. It's automatic, I'm sincere. When I sing about a tree, I really feel that tree. When I sing about a girl, I really feel that girl. I mean, I really feel sin, sin. As well as his connection to the original Bye Bye Birdie, uh, Richard brings us yet another comic book connection. Uh, this one dealing with comics media. Richard eventually would go into voiceover acting and wound up as one of the voices one of the voice actors, I should say, for Rodimus Prime in Transformers in the cartoon show he worked uh, during season three. Now, he was also the voice of a familiar G.I. Joe villain, if you watched the cartoons back in the day. See if you can guess which one this is. The city of Washington now enters a new era in history. The dawn of the thousand-year rule of Cobra. All shall be crushed beneath Serpentor's iron heel. That's right. He also played Serpentor in in the five-part G.I. Joe episode, uh, Arise, Serpentor, Arise. So see that? Lots of geek connection going on there. Bye Bye Birdie was a smash. It won four Tony Awards. It was nominated for many more, but it won four. It won Best Musical. It won uh, Best Featured Actor in a Musical, which was Dick Van Dyke. It won Best Choreography and Best Direction, both of those Gower Champion. Um, so it was it was a smash. It was 
exactly what musicals needed at the time. And I saw several places say that Bye Bye Birdie is, uh, since it was in 1960, it was kind of the precursor to rock musicals. Now, I don't know how much I agree with that, but um, because it used uh, youth and it used rock music, it certainly uh, may have played a small part. There was a movie in 1963 which catapulted Anne-Margaret. Uh, they changed some of what happened in the original production for the movie to beef up Anne-Margaret's part, and she played the, the role of Kim, the girl that was going to be kissed by uh, Conrad Birdie. And some of the original cast members, well, uh, of the original cast members, Dick Van Dyke was in the movie, and so was Paul Lynn, and... Um, Dick Van Dyke was not too happy because uh, they the, the producers really wanted to push Anne Margaret more than the story itself. It was really it re it became a vehicle for Anne Margaret. If you watch the movie, um, you can clearly see that. Whereas the Broadway show is not a vehicle for Kim; it's more vehicle for uh, you know Rosie and Albert. Now, along with Dick Van Dyke, Dyke and Anne Margaret, you had Janet Lee who played uh, Rosie DeLeon, they called her, in uh, the, the movie. You had Maureen Stapleton as Albert's mother, Mae Peterson. You had Bobby Rydell as Kim's boyfriend, Hugo. Ed Sullivan made an appearance, and uh, there were some other people in it that uh, you know would go on to do other stuff. Um, they took out some of the songs. They added some new ones. Um, the one that they did add, which I think was sort of a no-brainer, and I think they might have included it in some of the later revivals, was the title song, Bye Bye Birdie, uh, which I'll play at the close of the episode by Anne Margaret, because it really is, I think, should be in all productions of Bye Bye Birdie. It kind of speaks for itself. Now, when it came time to do the movie, executives did approach Elvis Presley to star in the film, and he considered it, but his manager nixed the idea because it would have been seen as self-parody. And that's not something his manager was interested in for Elvis. Although if you see some of his movies, I tend to think that some of those are parodies themselves. Um, <clears throat> the most recent current movie was done in 1995. It was a TV movie version with Jason Alexander. It was a little, as, as Albert uh, Peterson, it was closer to the original stage musical. It also starred Vanessa Williams as Rosie, China Phillips uh, as Kim, George Went, Norm, as Harry, uh, Tying Daly as Mae Peterson, Albert's mother, and a well-known uh, Broadway actor, Mark Kudish, as Birdie, Conrad Birdie. Um, there was a revival in 2009 that ran for 117 performances. This original cast had Gina Gershon, yes, that Gina Gershon, as uh, Rosie. It had Bill Irwin as uh, Mr. McAfee. It had John Stamos as Albert Peterson and, uh, you know, then other cast members. Those are probably the three that most people know, would know. Now, John Stamos at that time in the, in the late 1990s and early 2000s was all over Broadway for some reason. You know, it was when they were starting to put movie actors and TV actors on stage to draw audiences because they were losing audiences to, to Disney and elsewhere. Uh, and John Stamos was one of those guys that was in everything. Like, I, I'm pretty sure he was in Chicago. I know he, he took over Matthew Broderick in the How to Succeed revival back in the early 90s. 
And here he is all the way in 2009 doing Bye Bye Birdie. And it's you sort of want to go, really? John Stamos, he's the only go-to actor? Thank God Hugh Jackman came along who could actually really sing and dance uh, so that uh, they could put stick him in, in, in everything. Now, I mentioned the sequel, Bring Back Birdie. I've never seen it. I don't know any of the music. I, don't, I didn't even research it for this episode. But it was a complete flop. It opened... Uh, it had an opening night in 1981 and closed after four performances. That is a flop. Uh, it had the same team, except for the director and choreographer, uh, but it was set two decades later from the original production, and the plot involved Albert and Rosie's attempt to find the long-vanished by, uh, Conrad Birdie and coax him into performing on the Grammy Awards. Cheetah Rivera was in the original, was in that production as Rosie. She, um, uh, one uh, reprised her role, role as Rosie, but in the role of Albert was Donald O'Connor, which I have to imagine was one of his final well, last shows or last things that he did for a while. Um, yeah, it closed after four performances. That's uh, pretty bad. Now, in the grand scheme of things, in terms of Musical Monday and what it has to do sort of with my own uh, theater resume, if you want to call it that, um, Bye Bye Birdie was a show that I got in in uh, the winter of uh, 1988, in my 11th grade year, so I, I had just turned 16. And it was the first community theater production I did um, outside of high school or junior high school, and that's fairly important. Reading had a really nice community um, theater uh, group, a couple groups, actually. There was Reading Civic Opera Society, Genesis Theater, Reading... Um, Civic Players, Alpha and Omega, there was quite a number of them. And it added a lot to the reasons why I wanted to be a theater performer and why I would eventually go to school for theater. Uh, most kids do a couple shows in junior high. Definitely, they might do a bunch in high school, you know, anywhere from, I don't know, three to four to three to five to six, somewhere along those lines. By the time I got to college, I had done anywhere from about 18 to 22 shows, which is kind of unusual, but that's how much I loved my community theater experience, and that's, I would do about three to four shows a year, some right on top of each other. So here I was, 16 years old, um, most of the other people were older, uh, there were a few friends from high school that were in it with me, and um, the Raja Theater, where where Reading Civic Opera Society was housed, was this really great space, it was huge, um, it was, uh, built in the 1870s and it had, has this complete history, uh, where, um, you know, it, it went through, it, it was like a Masonic temple and then it went to, it was purchased by the Raja Shriners and all this stuff. It was a movie house. Uh, it had, it had operas, ballet, popular music theater, um, concerts. It was bought out by Sovereign. It is now called the Sovereign Performing Arts Center, but it is a large venue, um, I, don't, I tried to look up how many seats were actually... Oh, here it is, 1,700 seats. Now, we certainly didn't fill all those seats. I know we probably filled the orchestra whenever we did our shows there. But it was a big house. It was a big house to go to, certainly bigger than anything I was in in a high school production. Um, so I loved it. I thought it was, it was... I had a lot of fun. It wasn't the greatest show that we did. Um, the show itself is really good. I like By Birdie a lot. Bye Bye Birdie a lot, but uh, the, sh the show that we did was okay. It wasn't bad. And the choreographer was a woman named Shirley Thomas, who was the owner of the dance school that I grew up in. Uh, I, didn't, I don't remember taking classes from her, but it was her school. 
and I can remember auditioning for the show and her knowing who I was and I got in and I was one of her dancers at the time. Uh, it was cool. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, I, I would perform with many of those same people that were in that production with me uh, for Biber Birdie back then. So I treasure that initial production because, as I said, it was the first community theater production I'd ever done. And in my mind, that was that was professional. You know, that was outside of high school. That's what you, you would do, you know, outside of being in a show that paid you, right? I didn't get paid for the show, but um, it was a big deal for me, especially at 16. And, uh, you know, it's the winter of 88. So my first show that I ever did was spring of 87. So here it is only, you know, a year and a half later, and I'm, I'm feeling like I want to do more. So it, it really was an interesting stepping stone for me uh, for this show for a number of reasons. Not only for that, I alluded to it in a previous episode where I talked about that this was the show where I lost my virginity. So, yes, that makes it uh, – that gives a little bit of a mark as well. Um <laughs> So, a lot of great memories in this show. Um, I would definitely want to direct and choreograph this show because uh, I've seen it done several times. I think it can be really funny. I think it's done by high schools a little too often, and they can they tend to suck the funny out of it. Conrad Birdie should not be like Elvis, this suave sort of whatever. He should be a true bad boy with bad... Uh, habits and drinking habits and he flirts and um you know there's there's funny stuff that comes out of that and uh it can be a great show if you're in the ensemble especially if if you're a young performer and you're in the ensemble and you have a choreographer who really gives it a lot of dance and 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 um good dancing like good young uh social dancing um you know it doesn't have to go automatically to that typical broadway jazz stuff because that's not what those kids would have been doing you know it's it's a fun show i like the choreography in the movie a lot it's it's quirky it's weird um it's very 60s and i dig it i, I dig it quite a lot and it fits Anne margaret's personality she's such a kook um but if you haven't seen the the movie check it out uh I saw bits and pieces of that 1995 movie. It's okay. Uh, I tend to like the original production and the original movie better, even though the original movie from 63 changes things. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's Bye Bye Birdie. Um, One other thing about it, uh, just recently, I think, or maybe in the past season or two in Mad Men, they made a reference to that Anne-Margaret opening song, Bye Bye Birdie, that I'm going to play. Uh, right now, so if you're familiar with Mad Men and you don't know where where um, that song came from, you you might recognize it. All right, so that's it for today's Musical Monday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for indulging me. You can reach me at peter at the I will talk with you tomorrow. Take it away, Anne.